All right, welcome back. This is the AI Podcast, week 33 now. I am Austin Coates, live from Kansas City, Missouri, as always, joined by my co-host in Nashville, Tennessee, Isaiah Sanders. Isaiah, after another two-week little vacation for us, how are things treating you? Uh, things are going pretty well. I'm actually preparing for a personal vacation. I'm going to head out to uh, Fenwick Island in Delaware. have not been out there, heading out there with the girlfriend and her family. Uh, meeting most all the family for the first time, so exciting stuff here in Nashville. Well, uh, some advice for you: just make sure you uh, have a couple of adult beverages to uh, calm the nerves beforehand, and uh, <laughs> everything will be okay. Yep. Oh. So we're gonna get into it here, and uh, not not a whole lot has necessarily happened in between our last episode and now per se as far as the Chiefs are concerned. But there was a topic that we wanted to discuss, um, and I think that a lot of Chiefs fans are really uh, thinking about the same topic and thinking about how things are going to go this year for the offense with the departure of an irreplaceable piece in Tyreek Hill. Uh, now, Tyreek can run his mouth all he wants to on his little podcast um, and just to get all the views and the listens and the likes and all that stuff. But uh, bottom line is, I just don't think he understands that he's not going to see the same level of production or arm talent coming from his guy in Miami. And you know what? Tyreek wanted to go there for the money. Fine. He deserves it. You know, he earned that money. But he's got to realize what he's going to be missing. And the Chiefs, Isaiah, they need to realize what they are going to be missing. So how do you think the Chiefs are going to kind of piecemeal this thing together to replace one of the most productive players in NFL history over the span of five years? Well, they made a couple of bets in free agency, and we've talked about it a little bit with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, and MVS, you know, we can talk about Juju, who has, have had, has had lack of quarterback talent, per se, with uh, kind of getting the tail end there of uh, Ben Roethlisberger's career. Um, but MVS having Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback where he was, you know, for all intents and purposes, pretty much the number two receiver um, for Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of him and Alan Lazard split in time um, and really the deep threat in the offense. Um, and, yeah, in order to replace this production, I think we're going to need to see, obviously, we're going to, you know, count Travis Kelsey in for, you know, 1,200 yards. But I think um, we're going to need to see a 2018 Juju Smith-Schuster um, who put up 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns while complimenting Antonio Brown. Um, that's, I think a must-have for this Chiefs offense. We're going to have to have Juju really step up and be that number one, number two guy right beside Travis. Um, and MVS, uh, he's going to have to be more than what he was in Green Bay. I mean, I would think we would need to at least see him get 800 yards unless they're truly having, planning on, like, I could see one element that we maybe haven't considered and that's kind of rotating MVS, um, Sky Moore, 
and Nicole Hardman as kind of the deep threat in the offense and using the three of them to take the top off in general and maybe, you know, getting 500 yards and a few touchdowns apiece out of those guys. Um, but MVS is a little bit different player in the fact that he is six foot four. And so he can be a deep threat on the outside. And he showed that with Aaron Rodgers with his yards per out run um, for his career being 17.5, which is actually significantly higher than Tyreek Hill um, at 13.8. So MVS is truly like a deep threat or bust um, throughout his career. And so we're going to need to see to see him convert more of those opportunities. Um, you know, his targets to receptions aren't necessarily great. And so there's been talks out of camp about him having a good connection with Patrick Mahomes. So, but I mean, I would think between Juju and Marquez, what I'm looking for is a combined um, 2,500 yards and we'll call it, 14 touchdowns and that's asking a lot of those too. But if we're talking about replacing the void that Tyree kill is leaving, I think that's the kind of production we'll need to see out of those two. Yeah. And uh, chiefs fans may not necessarily want to hear it, but while you were talking, I did a little bit of math <sighs> and uh, MVS has played one more season than McCall Hardman has. If you take away last season of MVS's numbers, he and McCall Hardman are virtually the same person, statistically speaking. Um, very close, within 60 yards of each other in terms of total receiving yards. And so I agree that uh, he's going to have to be one of those guys that steps up. And it's going to be interesting to see how Andy Reid's going to use him. Because you're right, you got MVS, who's a fast guy. You got McCall Hardman, and we know what he can do when he gets behind the defense. You got Sky Moore, who can be one of those guys. Uh, Juju, not really so much a deep threat, but yeah, I mean, I could see easily, if all goes great, you know, that these three receivers can walk away with 500 yards and some touchdowns mm -hmm. himself. Just depends on how things shake out. Um, but, but thankfully, you know what you're going to get from a guy like Travis Kelsey every week. You know you're going to get him in the 60 to 100 and. 20 plus yard range pretty much every single week um with probably over the course of a season almost a touchdown a game when it averages out um so yeah hopefully that production will sustain itself because defenses are going to be looking now more than ever to key in on him specifically now that they don't have you know the the uh the type of threat that Tyreek Hill posed. Tyreek Hill was just on a different level in, his, in terms of his ability to get open, his ability to get behind the defense. And so, yeah, it's up to these guys to kind of fill that job, maybe collectively rather than individually, because I just don't think any one of them can do it on their own. Um, so <clears throat> we'll see how it goes. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to Chiefs season, Isaiah. Looking forward to seeing some of these rookies that we drafted come along and make an impact as they do every single year. We've had guys like Marcus Peters in the past. Um, Tyreek Hill, when he was a rookie. Kareem Hunt, uh, when he was a rookie. 
there's always a rookie on either offense or defense who is a standout player in their first year. And I'm curious to know who that player is for you. So for me, I think as far as who's going to be playing the most snaps and who's going to have the most immediate impact, and this is kind of a cheap answer because he was our first pick, um, and that's Trent McDuffie. But he's immediately going to have to start on the outside next to Legereus Sneed. Um, And they're going to need him to cover some of these great AFC West receivers. You know, Denver has Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy. Los Angeles has Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Oakland has Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. And so um, he's going to see some dudes lining up across from him, and he's going to have to He's going to have to prove it. Um, But I think with the Chiefs having that plan of trading away Tyreek Hill, they obviously had the plan, okay, we're going to reinvest in youth on the defensive side of the ball. Um, And I think McDuffie is going, if the Chiefs are going to be successful this season, McDuffie's going to have to have a huge impact for that defense. Um, And I think he certainly has the talent to do so. Washington has produced some great corners in the past, including former Kansas City Chief Marcus Peters. Um, And so I'm excited to see what he can do. He's a little bit more physical uh, than Marcus. Um, He has the ball skills to compete um, and create some takeaways. And so I'm excited about him. Another another guy I'd look out for is actually our third-round pick, uh, Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. Um, he's somebody that I think can come in and produce a lot of tackles. This dude is an outstanding athlete. And while we have Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, um, who I think could take a big step up this year, this is a dude that I could easily see getting, you know, 70 plus tackles and with his explosiveness, creating some plays in the backfield. Um, and so I'm excited to see him potentially coming in and playing a role right away. Yeah, and um, of course you want to see your number one pick excel, and uh, McDuffie is going to be in a situation right away, like you said, where he's going to have to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to see what type of player he is. He put up some great numbers at the University of Washington. Um, I mean, hardly allowed anybody into the end zone, which is always a plus. Um, so we'll see how he can stand up against top-of-the-line NFL talent. For me, the number one guy <laughs> that I think is going to make an impact oh. is just who you said, Leo Chanel, uh out of the University of Wisconsin. And uh, I was just looking up what you were talking, Isaiah. Thank we lost goodness. our guy Ben Neiman over the, over the, uh, the offseason. Ben Neiman, breaking news, <laughs> no longer a Kansas City Chief. He actually went on to sign with the Arizona Cardinals. So Ben Neiman revenge game, week one. Uh, yeah, look for him to make a big impact. Uh, if I'm Patrick Mahomes and I see Ben Neiman playing over the middle, I'm throwing at whoever he's guarding. I just, that's how it is. So, but Chanel is ultra physical. And there, when Mahomes entered the league, we didn't really have physicality at the linebacker position. Reggie Ragland, Anthony Hitchens. Um, I think think that Ben Neiman may have been on the squad at that time as well. There just there were no Derek Johnsons <laughs> on the roster. Yeah, there was nobody like that. 
this guy, along with Nick Bolton, is the next Derek Johnson. I'm ready to say that. And uh, Willie Gay is very athletic as well. And this guy is no exception. His athletic uh, metrics were off the charts at the Combine. Um, so I look for him to make a, a nice impact. He was comp to Luke Keekley, who is one of the greatest linebackers in NFL history. So if we can even get three quarters of that, oh boy. I think it's a success. Yeah. Um, second on my list, I don't want to heap too much pressure on him just because of the position that he plays is going to be defensive end George Karloftis, yep. uh, who is our late first round pick. Uh, let's be honest, after last year, from that defensive line, it is his for the taking if he wants it and he can, you know, produce. Uh, Frank Clark was on the back of a milk carton for half the year. <sighs> Chris Jones uh, had a very un-Chris Jones-like season. And so it really has kind of opened some things up. Melvin Ingram left um, for the Dolphins as well. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs East, as we like to call Oof. them now. And, uh, God, who's the other guy? Jaron Reed oh, also yeah. left as well, which he didn't do. He, I mean, heck, I forgot <laughs> he was even on the team nope. because he never even did anything. So, but the opportunity is there for Carl Loftus to make an impact. But if he doesn't produce, I'm also not going to be surprised just because you got to be pretty top of the line to come out as an edge rusher oh, and no be the guy immediately. Uh, just It just doesn't happen. And so really looking forward to the Chiefs season. Can't wait to start having these episodes weekly again. Can't wait to start having guests on the show again. Um, and we're going to have some good ones for you come this season. So it'll be our first full Chiefs season, Isaiah doing this we're coming up on the one year anniversary we gotta we gotta plan a special show for the one year anniversary so be looking for that coming up in the month of october with the one year anniversary and now on to something that nobody really wants to talk about anymore but we're going to do it anyway and Uh that is the pending suspension of brown's quarterback deshaun watson who, as we all know, has somehow evaded criminal charges uh, in his case against 24 or 26. It's pretty bad when you can't even put a number on it at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Massage therapists who have come out and said that he uh, basically forced them into sexual acts or implied it or however you want to say it. But uh, the NFL is is contemplating his suspension. And Isaiah, I've heard from several places on Twitter and throughout sports media that this suspension could be an indefinite one. Yeah, no. um, I think the NFL very much wants it out there that they want to pretty much drop the hammer on Deshaun Watson. I think that's why we're hearing, you know, this could be indefinite. This could be a year because they know they've gotten themselves into a little bit of a PR disaster by allowing this to happen and not stopping the Browns for trading for Deshaun Watson um, by not, you know, putting him at least on the exempt list or suspending him, something that would stop teams from possibly acquiring him. But we're way past that point now. And so I think we're like, likely looking at 
at, at the very least a year suspension. Um, and of course, that puts the Browns in an interesting position of having Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback for this fall, as they've burned any kind of a bridge that exists with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and so, first quarterback to get to the Browns to the playoffs in a long time. I'm no personal fan of Baker as a long term starting quarterback in the league, but as far as you know, him over Jacoby Brissett, that's not much of a contest there. Um, so I think the league should descent, suspend Deshaun Watson for a year because at at bare minimum, the dude's a creep. Um, and worse, he's, you know, a sexual predator. And so, yeah, the league has to take action here. Um, and, you know, from a football perspective, from a pure football perspective, I hope get this gets sorted out here in the next month so that we do, in fact, know what's happening. Um, and he did settle 20 of those 24 cases. That's also new and noteworthy. Um, and so, you know, trials for the other fours could be pushed off. Um, but if the league suspends him for a year, then that stuff can get sorted out in the court. Um, and I think that is really what the league wants is to show that they in fact care and they don't want to necessarily be one upped by, uh, as you mentioned before, we started on the podcast by major league baseball, who I think you said they suspended Trevor Bauer for two years, um, for, for some sexual assault things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not as familiar with that case, but I remember it was not pretty for him. And so. Yeah, I, ugh, this whole Watson thing is a gigantic mess, and I, the Browns have re-entered themselves into cursed franchise mode by acquiring him. Yeah, that's no joke. And uh, let me just point this out. One, I'd be interested to know exactly what those plaintiffs settled for, uh, mm-hmm. because if you recall, Sean Watson was willing to give all of them $100,000 and make them sign what was called an aggressive non-disclosure agreement. So they turned that down, which tells me that either there ain't an NDA or they're getting more money. Uh, One of the two. Oh, there's, I mean, there, there is an NDA. I guarantee that (laughs) there's no way he would have settled without uh, having a non-disclosure agreement. So to prevent them from talking about it in the future. And they so it's yeah, likely more yep. money. So I think that I mean, I'll be mad if it's anything less than a year. And here's why. One, mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer, as you mentioned, of the Los Angeles Dodgers received a two year suspension. That's unheard of, aside from lifetime suspensions that have been handed out. Um two year suspension. Right. And he is halfway through his first year now. And you're right, the NFL does not want to be the league that does not care about women, although their disciplinary past would suggest to you that that is absolutely the case, that they do not care. Mm-hmm. Um, and second is the fact that Calvin Ridley was suspended at the end of last year oh, for gosh, gambling, yeah. um, I guess, on the Falcons, right, when he was injured. Uh, yep. And he suspended all of this year. 
And it's like, okay, if you're going to mm-hmm. suspend a guy for gambling on a game that he had no influence on because he was injured. Wasn't even in the building. Yeah, he was injured. <laughs> no influence. You had better suspend the guy who had 24, 26 sexual assault allegations against him for longer than that. And mm-hmm. uh, anyone who's got two wits about him is going to see that if the NFL does not do that, that's exactly what they should say. And so justice will be served here. And you're right. You know, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I say, sorry, guys, you guys chose this dude over me. Oh, yeah. You know, I want to be traded. I'm not playing for your franchise. I'm good uh-huh. on money. I'm a former number one overall pick. Yep. I've got my money. You know, so you guys can play with Jacoby Brissett. Trade me to Seattle. Trade me to Atlanta. You know, trade me wherever. Carolina. And let, yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And let me play out a one year and try and get myself another gig. Um, and so we'll see what happens. I, I do believe before training camp starts that they're going to have this thing figured out because I don't think the NFL wants this to be the story as the season starting. season starts. Yep. Yeah. So we will hopefully have an answer. I mean, I hope by the next time we record, which will be in two weeks, but I'm not optimistic. One last thing. We did not utter a single sentence about baseball other than Trevor Bauer. So I have to to say this. I was listening to the radio this morning, and I heard this. Isaiah, did you see that there was a brawl over the weekend in a baseball game? I missed that. No, I missed that. The Angels and oh, the Mariners live had, update. Had a benches Rain, clearing. Rangers beat the Royals eight to three. Breaking news. Oh. <laughs> so surprised. I am so surprised. You know, to go off that, I went to the Royals game on Saturday. Bought some pretty nice tickets, and uh, they made it interesting. But they lost. So that was fun. It was like a billion degrees outside, <sighs> and I was dripping in sweat. But that's neither here nor there. The Angels and the Mariners had a benches clearing brawl on Sunday, I believe. And suspensions came down from the league office. Would you believe it if I told you that a tr- the translator for the <laughs> Angels was suspended <laughs> for two games for his, uh, for his part in the brawl. I don't know what he said or what he did, but he got a two-game suspension. I just thought that was hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Like, everyone else was, was players, and then, mm-hmm. you know, this guy is an interpreter, and he gets, you know, at first I thought it was Shohei Otani's interpreter because he doesn't speak very good English. He's got an interpreter, but it was actually a uh, Spanish-speaking individual, so. Okay. I just had to bring that up before we got out of here, but now it's on to the final play. Isaiah, take us home. Well, first thing I want to say is I thought when Austin was saying we're going to talk about something no one wants to talk about, uh, I thought we were transitioning to Royals baseball because I had forgotten <laughs> about the whole Deshaun Watson thing. So there's that note. Uh, that's how well the Royals are doing. But I want to give a quick shout-out to the Washington Commanders, formerly known as the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, who uh, this week signed Terry McLaurin to a three-year contract extension worth, uh, I believe, up to $72 million. Um, So just congrats to them for actually doing something right for the franchise. I feel bad for Terry McLaurin that he is stuck there 
in per wide receiver purgatory with Carson Wentz as his quarterback, but good for him for getting paid. Sad to see him not be on a better team with better quarterback play because he is an outstanding wide receiver, um, but at least Washington was able to recognize that talent and did not trade him away. They finally did something right. Maybe Dan Snyder will actually get called in court one of these days. They'll actually be able to subpoena him and not uh, just get lost while he's traveling the country on his uh, private yacht. So props to the Washington Commanders, Commanders for actually doing something right. That guy's got to go, Dan Snyder. <laughs> just 